From Tally to Cali, it's time to wake up. Warchant.com is your ultimate seminal sports source. And this is Wake Up Warchant, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. One more, Corner Pocket. Now here's Warchant.com's ass on Hunch of Andy and Corey Clark. That's right. Yeah, that's right. What's up? What's up, everybody? Welcome on in. Live edition of Wake Up War Champ presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Also powered by Vitamin Energy since we are live here on YouTube. Thanks for being here. Hit that thumbs up. Certainly would appreciate it. Just pings it out there. Let's other people know that, hey, there's a there's a Florida State show going on. They're going to talk ball. Come hang out. So hit the thumbs up. Subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. Subscribe to WarChant.com, the ultimate symbol sports source. Your favorite football team is number three in the country. I see smooth sailing all the way to Houston, Corey. Mm. People might say that's putting the cart before the horse, but I digress. Nonetheless, Warchant.com's got you covered all week long. Warchant Report is up. Go watch that after this. Matchup analysis will be on the website later this night or the morning when you're listening to the podcast. So we're all at it. We're, we're, we're covering you from all corners, all angles. Myself and Corey Clark. Corey Clark, how are you, man? I'm good, buddy. You're still a little staticky in my ears, but that's probably just me. It's probably just me. Uh, if anybody is having a pro, if if it's if it's not me, let us know in the comments. Uh, but it's a little staticky. Uh, but otherwise, man, good day. Uh, my son took the wrong bus home uh, to his mom's house today, so that was that was fun. That was a nice little, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, a detour. But you like you're going to have detours in life, and so I had to go pick him up. But yeah, otherwise, a uh, good day, Aslan. Good day. I like that he's on the bus. Mm. Some some families won't let their kids take the bus. I like that you're like, yeah, take the bus, kid. Yeah, it's a school so like, of hard knocks. So he was supposed to come back to your house, but he got on the bus that went to your ex-wife's house. And apparently last last week, he took the bus back to my house when I was already back in Tallahassee. So mm. he can't get right. It's fine. It's fine. He can't remember where he is. This is what we do in these uh, with these divorces. Kids don't even know what buses to get on anymore. Uh, give us your questions, everybody. Bring the heat tonight. Uh, power the show because we didn't go to practice or anything like that. We just emptied out the clip in the war chant report. Although Corey just gave us his prediction on there. He didn't do the deep dive. But I thought we did a pretty good deep dive on uh, the game yesterday. Now that we're seeing that the storm out there seems to be trending more eastward. Yeah. Away from mainland United States, the lower 48, some might say. Uh, I think some of the folks that made their predictions in the 30s might might be lamenting it because I think uh, Florida State just too high power no matter what, even with some wind, uh, to not hang 40-ish on a team. Yeah, I think best case, it's not like it's going to be sunny. So even best case scenario is like it's a little bit of rain and a lot of wind, like 20-mile-an-hour, 25-mile-an-hour winds. So um, the beauty is with Norvell's offense, you know, he has so many plays where guys are just wide open that when it, those kind of plays, win doesn't even matter, I guess. It's, if it's if you're throwing a 20-yard pass to, to – or even a five-yard pass to Trey Benson on a screen or to Jaheim Bell, I don't I don't foresee a lot of 55-yard throws in this one. He, he usually – he schemes it up where uh, they're, they're pretty – they can get really wide open, and that helps a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jason Bozeman, shout out. Treasure State, Montana, mm-hmm. southwest Montana. Adorable photo. Looks like of him and his newborn child. Uh, I hope you didn't smush and, and 
smother that poor child sleeping, but looks cozy. Good though. Lord, Aslan. What happened? I, I it does happen. It, you're right. You're right. I, I shouldn't make light of it because it actually yes. does happen. Yeah. I, I, that's I'm heartless. I apologize. Does Boston College have even a remote chance? Yes. Spread, not, yeah, but not winning the football game. Not not a great one. Um, oh, come look, on, Corey. I mean, how? I mean, Florida State would have to self-destruct in such yes. a fashion that we have not seen even remotely possible in their DNA in the last eight months. My biggest concern, obviously, you know, we don't know how hurricane, hurricanes aren't predictable. Famously, they're not I know, predictable. But like, so Boston College is going to be able to like, oh, this is it. Like, we love it. We live for this sort of weather. Like, no, not, like we talked about, man, it just neutralizes advantages. Uh, Florida State should still win the game, whether they play uh, in a parking lot, if they play in 50 mile an hour winds or zero winds in a desert or in a tropical rainforest, Florida State should win the game. But weather conditions do matter. You can have goofy stuff that happens. If they play a C-plus game, Boston College has no chance. But teams have been known to play horribly. That does happen. It hasn't happened much with this group lately. But they would have to play horribly. Boston College's quarterback would have to rip off some runs. And that's that's the only way it could happen. And it it would be, I think it'd have to be bad weather. Like bad, bad weather. I'm not comparing them to Alabama. Uh, and what Nick Saban has done. But, man, I just don't think a team like this loses to a bad – they don't have bad losses. Yeah, you know? I agree. I, I agree. Yeah. I, I think we're just two games in, though, so I still got to – I'm being more cautious than I probably need to be. Yeah, but I also do really – I you know, if there was no Hurricane Lee out there, I would have said no. I don't think Boston College has any chance. Weather can neutralize it and turn a – a team that's 35 points better into a team that's only 18 points better. And then, you know, anything can happen. Crazy stuff happens. You drop a punt. Hmm. Uh, Master Motto decides to run over the first down, run over the line of scrimmage and punt it again. Goofy stuff like that, man, can happen. But I would be, uh, it, it would be one of the all-time upsets because this is not a very good Boston College team. Austin Green asks, is Jay Norvell, head football coach at Colorado State, Mike Norvell's father? If so, I'm rooting against Dion. Go Knowles. Loyalty matters. Uh, no, he is not. No, he's only like maybe like ten years older than than Mike. He's not that old, Jay Norvell. He might yeah, be he would have had to start getting after it pretty quick to be Norvell's dad Whoa, already. God, he's sixty. Okay. He's wow, look at you, Jay Norvell. All right. So, yeah. Okay. Hey, yeah, good. That's that. That works out mathematically. I didn't realize he was he was sixty. But yeah, so him and really... Dion are close to the same age. Yeah. Um. Because Dion's like 57, probably or 58. Um, yeah, man, that was really dumb that he. I, I don't. I don't like that he did that. That didn't make a lot of sense to do what he did. <laughs> why? Why are you poking that bear? There's no what? point in it. He's just saying how his mother. His mother raised him. You know, he takes, if you guys going to make. It. He's going to make Dion a martyr. He. None of those kids care about Colorado State. None of them. That's not a rivalry to them. Most of those kids aren't from Colorado. Dion's been to Colorado like five times before he took that job, probably, and it was to play the Broncos or to play the Rockies. Like, he's never been to Colorado. They don't have any ill will towards Colorado State. And then you did that. You did that, and uh, that's going to get them very fired up, uh, and you're going to lose by 45 points, which you might have anyway. But now now it's personal, Aslan, as they like to say in uh, Boulder. If you've missed it, folks, apparently I think Jay Norvell is maybe on his coach's show or doing yeah. some radio show and uh, was talking about this upcoming game and said that um, 
you know, when he's, he's the head coach at Colorado State, Jay Norvell, yeah. Yeah. When he's, you know, speaking to adults, he takes his hat off and his sunglasses because that's how his mother raised him. Yeah. With the implication being that Dion's usually wearing sunglasses and a hat and might not have the same sort of reverence for his fellow man. Uh, his son, Shiloh, who I think is ranked fourth out of all of his children, his favorite children, he ranked his children, Dion did. Yeah. Uh, Shiloh's on the, the Pat McAfee show, which I've never seen before, but now that's on ESPN, it's on in the background. It's not a bad program. Um, and and they're, they're, they're poking fun with Shiloh. Like, why did he say that? And, and Shiloh's like, I don't know. He's like, why did he say that? Like, he wasn't angry. Yeah. He was just laughing at the absurdity of it. So uh, maybe the post-game handshake will be interesting. But I don't know, just Jay from Daytona, you want to say anything about Jay Norvell and Dion? He, uh, yeah, yeah it was dumb, Jay. That uh, was really dumb. I don't know. He had nothing to gain from saying that. He also kind of, you know, in a, in a way took a shot at Dion's mom, which he's probably not going to like. And he also made Dion a martyr. And those, again, those kids are going to, those kids are going to want to, they, they did not care about the Colorado State game. They were going to look ahead to Oregon. And then they made them laser focus on the Colorado State game. And, Col- and also, Colorado State is terrible. Terrible. So they weren't going to win anyway. And um, I, st- it just, why are you taking a shot at the guy? Yeah. Like, why are you going to take a shot at the guy? It didn't make any, it didn't make any sense to me to do that. Uh, Touche, Mike Mayo. Maybe he'll pull up Brian Kelly and say he never said that after the beating. Um uh, Oh, yeah, thing, yeah, that's true. That's right. Last thing, and we'll move on. I'm sure people are getting upset about us talking so much about Deion Sanders. But our guy in the Villages West says, after Colorado puts 50-plus up on him, he should shake his hand and then take his hat off and his shades. Yeah. He's yeah. going. He's, it's exactly. One of Deion's kids said that Ralphie should come out with a hat and shades for that game. They should put sunglasses on Ralphie. Yeah. Uh, here we go. Let's, let's Jay, the, the voice of the people, speak. Uh, Jay says, when they tried to take Keon Coleman out after the hard hit and he waved them off, best moment for me so far. I don't remember that. That happened? Uh, I don't either, but I, I trust Jay. Um, we were at the game, so it was probably something that was showed on uh, shown on replay um, on the, the TV feed. Uh, man, Keon, again, he's, he's, he's the truth. He is the truth. And uh, if we could if we could project for a moment, Aslan, say Colorado has a magical season and the Knowles have a magical season and they meet in New Orleans on January 1st and you got Travis Hunter covering Keon Coleman, mm. Neon Keon. Ooh. Be, hey, man. Hey, man. Yeah. Hey, a lot of football left. A lot <laughs> of football left. But yeah, man, Keon is tough. Uh, Keon is good. Keon is going to play in the league for a long time. Uh, that is, dare I say, Aslan, is Keon the best portal guy they've gotten? Not Period. the most impactful, because I think Jermaine might always yeah. be the most impactful. Yeah. Yeah. But Keon, I think, might be the best guy they've gotten in the portal. Yeah, I think on three released their ranking so far of the best portal acquisition, and Keon's number three in the nation, and he's the number one guy for Florida State. So, yes, I would I would say so. But, I mean, you've got Verse to choose from. Jamie was great. Obviously, Ooh. Jermaine Johnson was great. Uh, there's been a lot of guys that have made huge differences in this program, but Keon, and he was such a, not an afterthought, but you already knew they were going to have a good offense. It was like the cherry on, like Jared Burst was a, was absolutely a need, a necessity. Keon didn't feel like a necessity. And then you see him and you're like, absolutely. You should have gone hard at this kid. Cause this kid might be the best, second best, third best receiver in the United States. Leo Knowles here drops five bucks in the jar. Thank you, man. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. Thank you, Leo. 
Uh, Our Leo then later adds up. here uh, that all-time bad rain game, haven't heard you guys mention, which we were talking about the good memories, Leo. No, we're yeah. talking about like the good weather games. Boston College 2006? Was that a Gina? weather game? Gina, well, it goes really cold. It's really, really oh. cold. All right. Uh, but yeah, apparently he has the date right there. September 26, 2002, Florida State versus Louisville on a Thursday night. I was 12 years old. I went to the game. Uh, Louisville wins in overtime thanks to a Rick's interception on the yeah. That's my true. dad was at that game. My oh. dad at that time would have been 60 years old. Uh, my dad just had, I mean, he's passed away, but five days ago was my dad's uh, birthday. The, he, he would have been 81 uh, on the the Southern Miss game. But um, he was at that game, and I think I text. Could you text back in 2002? I can't even remember. But I, he was he was up there on business, and he went to the game by himself. And I'm like, you've got to leave. Go leave. You don't need to do that to yourself especially not to watch Chris Ricks throw a pick on the first play of overtime. Although I blame Jeff Bowden more than Ricks. Yeah. So Mike Norvell, don't call plays like that. If there is a monsoon going on in Boston this weekend, right, Corey? Yeah. And you have Greg Jones. (laughs) Oh, let's go. Yes. Yes, sir. (laughs) What? What? Hey, everybody, we just got some money. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't know if the cues, the sound cues let you in on it. Uh, Shout out to everybody watching this live. Hit the thumbs up uh, podcast, folks. I know it's not the best listen sometimes, but it's fun. You should watch it live on YouTube with all of us. Ray Pereira here. uh, Mr. H-Town himself. Maybe he can recommend a good place that we go find bolo ties in town when we arrive Mm. with uh, 200 bucks in the jar. Ray. Uh, again, can't say enough. Appreciate the heck out of you. You're a pillar. You know that. You've got two tomahawks firing in because you always come and hang out. His yep. lovely wife was hanging out in Orlando as well. Coincidentally named Stephanie as well. Mm, so Great name. Uh, he says, Aslan, I love vitamin energy. Thanks for the introduction. We we gave Ray vitamin energy. Not that he needs it. He's crushing life all the time, obviously, but he liked it. Uh, his wife is still sad about the LSU loss. She's an LSU fan. Alumna? Did she go to LSU? I don't, I don't know. know. The next That's a good question. Uh, now that we have a couple games under our belt, do you think this team? Ooh, do you think this team can beat the 2013 squad? Go Knowles. Ray, I love you. I love everything you've done for us in this show. It will always mean a lot. You're always going to have a special place in our hearts. Uh, but slow down. Slow down. Um, that too much vitamin energy. Too much vitamin energy. Too much. He's out of control. Hey, hey he must have taken the mood. He must yeah. have taken the good mood. The good mood energy drink. Um, no, I do not. Um, but who could though, right? A, you know, not a lot of teams could. It, well, exactly right. And it would be a good game. I, I do think that. Um, yeah, no, I, I don't. And also we're two games in. So if this team somehow finishes nine and three, we, you know, in hindsight, this would not be the, the, the best question that Ray's ever asked. And we love Ray to death. Um, but, you know, I'll say this. Can I say this, Aslan? Through the first two weeks of the season, this team has been better than that team. Yeah, Through I mean, two weeks. More impressive, in my opinion. Because I think, who did they play after Pitt? Was it Nevada? Was it Nevada? I thought it was Nevada. And they kind of li- struggled a little bit in that game early. I know people can roll and say they were, they ended up winning 62-7. to seven. 
Um, but I, I feel like it was only seven to nothing kind of midway through the second quarter. Um, yeah, Nevada. Something, Nevada. Well, yeah. So I, I, it was kind of close in the second quarter and I don't believe it was 31 to seven at halftime or 31 to three, like they did against Southern Miss. And those were equal teams too. And LSU is better than that pit team. And you beat them worse, um, are the same, I guess. Um, 41 to 13, 45, 24, whatever. Nevada so was I, up. Nevada was winning seven to three in the second quarter. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought. So this team, this team has started better than that team did. But does this team have a 59 to three, 59 to three, 51 to 14 stretch in them? Hmm. Because that team, once, once the BC game happened, our way in Maryland was 63 to zero. Once the BC game happened, it became arguably the best college football team of all time. That, but, but it didn't start out that way. So yeah, maybe if they, hey, you know what? Maybe if they'd have played them the second week of that season, it would have come down to the final. It would have come down to the fourth quarter. Keep following up, Ray. Ray, you're maybe not every buddy. week. Maybe not every week, but keep following up. It'll be a good question. I'm sure that we can kick around. Lee Fields, are there any playmakers on Boston College that our defense will be keying in on? Uh, they have a transfer from UCF that's from Austin, apparently one of the faster guys in the conference, Ryan O'Keefe. Pat Garo ran for 1,000 yards a few years ago but did not last year. He he left the game, I think was seen walking in a boot. Yeah. Uh, but they got a kid from Western Kentucky that was quite productive, Kai Robichaux, um, and a kid with last name Broom. Uh, that's a pretty decent running back as well. Uh, and they got the Christian Mahogany kid who I think is like an all-conference guard. Uh, but on the whole, I mean, again, they they lost to NIU at home in overtime and they eked by Holy Cross and needed kind of a minor miracle to hold on to that game, too. So there's a couple pieces, but there's not enough to consistently, you know, string together drives and put fear into you. At least not what I'm seeing, Corey. No, I, the I think the, the, the playmaker is the quarterback. Cassianos, is that how we say? Castellanos, I think. Castellanos, there's a deep drive to left by Castellanos. Um that that to me is the only uh, that's the only one that's the only one that really worries you is is a running a running quarterback like that that can really make people miss. Quantrell knows who do you think has the higher NFL potential? Do span Darion Williamson? Ooh, good question. You know, Darion is such an interesting guy because he shows those flashes, and he's a big kid that moves well. Like he had, they they run screens to him. Like, just catch it and go make guys miss. He has been so unhealthy for such a long stretch of his career. We're still just now finding out what he can be. And Deuce, look, man, I think that size and that speed, obviously the the, the potential is there to be something. Um, I would, If you're asking me now on September 14th of 2023, I'd say Deuce just because that is elite speed. That is, uh, that is draftable speed. That is scary speed. I don't think Darian has that, but I think Darian's a better receiver than him right now. Yeah. And we haven't come close to Darian's ceiling either. I know it's his fourth year, but he's barely played. So you you could yeah, I know he's 21, 22 years old, but he he doesn't have the he doesn't have the requisite experience to have any idea what he can be. He might be about to take a huge jump. Um and both those guys, assuming they stay, will have chances to to really um impress people next year when they get more playing time, presumably. Jonathan Cook with five bucks in the jar. Thank <laughs> you, John. That's a question. <laughs> I like that question. Bills, y'all. Uh, following up on Ray. All right, then. 
could this team beat 2013 Auburn if they were in the championship game? You know what's funny about that, Aslan? And I'm not kicking a guy while he's down. Um, Jimbo Fisher gave me, so far, the best moments in my uh, career, my journalism career. It was a lot of fun to cover that team and to be out there and watch them win a na- cover a national championship team. I would trust Norvell to have a better game plan early than Jimbo did. I thought Jimbo was outcoached, whether it's because he didn't have the towel boys up in time or whatever it was with the plays. They have, they converted one first down. They really struggled to score um, for large chunks of that game against a not good defense. I would trust Norvell to have had a better plan in place and to score more points early. So, yes, they could have beat, they could beat that Auburn team for sure. But, man, that Auburn offense was a problem. With that kid at quarterback and Trey Mason and, so, and that offensive line, that, that offense was a problem. But I still think it probably I, – I think this team could have beaten that team for sure. I mean, heck, the 2013 Georgia team did beat that team until the safety just played ricochet with the ball and gave them a walk-in touchdown. So that Auburn team, yeah, they, they definitely could have beaten them. Yeah. Nick Marshall, name of the quarterback. Yeah. Uh, by the way, for those wondering. Oh, Former Georgia. He, he started out at Georgia. Do you know that? Mm-hmm. you remember that? Yeah. 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 Tony Cleveland's here, everybody. A little, little money in the jar. Thank you, Tony. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. Thank you, Tony. As on a core, this is Cleve Dog. Oh, we know. We know. Which of the War Chant crews covering the FSU Clemson game next week? Uh, it's you and uh, me and I, right? Who's oh, not covering the game? That's the yeah, question. That's right. Just remember, yeah, it's the three. It's the three main guys. The three guys y'all all want. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that'll be that'll that'll be who's covering it. Thank you, Tony. Appreciate you. Ray is wondering: Have any of the transfer outs made a difference yet? I don't think McCall. I don't think McCall's done much at all. You know what? I'm going to look that up. Touchdown. I think he caught a touchdown in Week One against West Virginia. No, you're thinking of McLean. Oh Week yeah, yeah. McLean. I'm sorry, McCall. Sam McCall yeah. is at A and M. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Treshawn Ward has played for Kansas State. I'm going to look up and see if Sam McCall's even playing. Why you? Why you uh, keep going? While I look up Treshawn Ward, well, I kind of didn't give me the right name there. Um, yeah, I mean that. I kind of wish they'd go back and recalibrate their recruiting rankings like midway through the season uh, to see what guys that have left because they they factor that into their rankings, which is why Colorado is so high up. Uh, Right now, Treshawn's got 27 carries for 114 and a score, so a 4.2 yard per carry average. He was averaging 6.6 last year, 6.4 the year before. So, um, But 27 carries, he's probably on pace to get more than he did last year, I would think, uh, with 95 carries. So. Yikes, Sam McCall has played two total snaps this season. Mm. Mm. And they have him listed as a cornerback on uh, PFF. Um, so, yeah, maybe maybe Ray might have met McClain like you did. Uh, I thought Sam McCall was going to be the biggest one yeah. that they lost, but, you know, he's that's not a good defense, and apparently he's having trouble. Uh, apparently it's not a good defense, and he's having trouble. He can't get on the field there either. Unless he's hurt, maybe he's hurt. By the way, confirmation, Ms. Pereira is an FSU alumna. Or LSU, I'm sorry, LSU alumna. Um, I just centered myself on the screen. Nice. Sorry Thank for you. all you folks with OCD. I, I got that squared away for you. Uh, Derek Neal, worse rain game, I guess, than the Louisville game. He says the Miami game in 2003. Yeah, we've touched on that one. Uh, that was not a fun one. Oh, go all. to the – but you didn't read his comment. Oh, Man, and oh, his girlfriend man. decided to part ways with him. 
And FSU loses to Miami, portal. and my girlfriend dumped me in the parking lot, and I had to walk home in the rain to Pensacola Street. In the well, look parking at you now, lot, Derek. Look at you now, though, man. True. Why in the parking lot, Derek? What happened? What happened between the walk to the stadium? I mean, look, it was a hard day for all of us. Anybody was there. We all wanted to break up with everyone we were with. Oh. I, I almost kicked Shannon to the curb. But then we wouldn't have Brady. So thank thank heavens I didn't make that mistake. Um, but, yeah, that was a that was an awful game. That was an awful game all the way around for all the reasons, including Derek uh, being broken up with. Austin Flowers, I think Noel Dad for Life is his uh, pen name on the wordchant.com travel council. Evening, gentlemen. Which matchups against us in the playoffs would get the most eyes? I think Georgia in the semi, Texas in the national title game. P.S. My daughter Reagan says hi and go Noles. What up, Reagan? What's up, Reagan? It's a cool name. That's a cool name for a girl. Yeah. Strong, it yet it is. soft. Yeah, it is. I like that name. And uh, I, I assume people call her Ray. Yeah. That's a cool nickname for a girl. Uh, um, If we don't Ohio, win it all, I want to see Southern Cal win it all. That's oh, all yeah. Well, I got you. I'm, I'm with you on that. Somebody besides the SEC. Yeah. But he's asking which would get the most eyeballs. Yeah. I think it would be Ohio State. Um, or Notre Dame, or Texas, or Michigan, one of those. Um, yeah. They would all get huge ratings, though. I think, isn't it this year, it's on the 1st at least, it's on January 1st, these playoff games, or December 30th maybe. Having it on New Year's Eve, is the so college football has done so many dumb things in my lifetime, so many dumb things. Top five is having your most important games of the year played on New Year's Eve. It's so, so stupid. It used to be reserved for the Peach Bowl. That was the only game that anybody dared play on New Year's Eve. And then the 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 powers that be at college football is like, why don't we put our two most important games on those nights where everybody wants to go out or have a party? And they can't because they're waiting to see if Ohio State makes the kick or misses the kick. Yeah, Rose go. Bowl, 5 o'clock Eastern time. I mean, golly, 2 p.m. New Year's Day. You have to wake up to watch your, you know, if you're out there, after you tied one on. Hmm. That makes no sense. Like, why wouldn't you make the West Coast one eight forty-five, and then make the one in, at, in New Orleans? Man, they like time. they always like starting the Rose Bowl right then because you get the sunset. Yeah, legitimately, that's got to be the only reason they've never played a Rose Bowl game at night, other than Florida State, Auburn, and and I guess Texas, USC, um, Georgia, no Oklahoma. Semi- well, that was an afternoon game, so it? it ended at night because oh, it man. went on for so long. But they love that sunset, man. They love that sunset out there. I guess if the sun would the sun even set by five o'clock out there though. So screw that. I was wrong. Completely wrong. Apologize. The San Gabriel Mountains. I just I would think, man, like Jordan Travis versus Caleb Williams would that would sell. But I, I agree. I mean, like Ohio State just has that overwhelming amount of numbers seemingly everywhere. Michigan too, Notre Dame, obviously. That that would be the the higher but but rated. honestly, Aslan, the, the reality is if, as long as it's not like a TCU or a or a who, West Virginia, or if it's one of the blue bloods, the numbers will be enormous no matter who you're playing. And I think Georgia TCU, if that game had been close at all, would have gotten huge numbers. But yeah. as we all remember, it was not. What gets huge numbers is the approval of vitamin energy from those who listen to Wake Up War Chant. We appreciate you all who've ordered it and tried it, shaked it and taked it. Shaked it and taken it. I like it. Hey, stay with it. Run with it. Sounded good. Vitaminenergy.com. Use that promo code WordChampBogo. WordChampBogo. It's covered right now on the screen, but when I take away the lovely 
images and graphics from Vitamin Energy. You'll see it on your screen. They're also presenting sponsor of the War Chant Wrap. Uh, so there are Knowles helping out Knowles, helping out Knowles. It's energy with benefits, everybody. Buy one, get one free. Try it out. Workout Plus, big fan of that one. The B12, 14,000. That's uh, about a 14 playoff, probably not, but 12 team playoff, yes. Mm. And obviously the Mood Plus. Yeah. That would be in my 14 playoff. Last year of it, uh, it'll be a great one. Make your day great. Make it better. Go to vimeenergy.com. Use the promo code WordChampBogo. Buy one, get one free. Share with your friends and your family. Uh, shake it and indeed take it. Look at this. D Hobbs. Give him some juice, Aslan. What? What? <laughs> Let's go, he says. Let's go. Mm. Not my first time commenting, but it has been a while. Thank you guys for all your hard work. Hard work, relative term. Hey, Thank but you. we appreciate it, D Hobbs, and we certainly appreciate the uh, the donation. That's very, the very tip. kind of you, man. The tip. tip, golly, I'll never get it right. I'll never get it right. But thank you so much for the tip, uh, D Hobbs. We really do appreciate that, man. A lot, a lot. That's very, very nice. I wouldn't answer this if it wasn't colored in in uh, super chat. Uh, extortion how long does aj duffy wait before hopping in the portal before or after luke Cromanhawk shows up thanks guys um before yeah i i'm in i don't know that obviously i don't have any inside knowledge my personal opinion is that i'm i'm glad that he has not gotten in the portal already because apparently that's something kids do now even in september where they don't like they're on the depth chart, they just hop in the portal early. I do think I would be uh, very, very surprised, I guess, if um, if he if if he would be on the sidelines for the bowl game. Hmm. I feel like between the Florida game and the bowl game is where a player like Duffy, who probably doesn't see a, a real clear path to ever start here, and it makes sense. I'm not blaming the kid. I'm not trying to kick kick the kid or anything. I'm just saying if he's fourth string right now behind a true freshman, he knows that he's probably not going to start for Florida State University football. So get in the portal and try to start go somewhere else, I would think. So I would think that would happen hopefully after the season. Looks like December 1st to the 16th is when that window opens back up. Mm. And then um I can't quite. It's hard to read this calendar. It's uh, I thought it was the NCAA's official site, but it's not. I uh, can't quite find out when that second window opens back up because they again, if they made it, you know, two windows where it's after championship weekend right, and then right. opens back up after spring. So, um, hey man, it's just you know, there's good talent here, um, and we'll see how good Luke is as well. I mean, I don't know if like Tate scares him off. I, I think it's probably the, the Brock. Uh, yeah. element, but you got to trust yourself, man. You got to believe in yourself to be like, all right, like, you know, I'm going to come back harder, you know, once we get back from the bowl game or like, I don't know, like figure it out now coming off of the bye week, like maybe do some soul searching. Like it's, it's not too late to throw in the towel. And it's, I don't think Brock Glenn has done anything to where if I'm AJ Duffy, I'm like, man, like I just, there's no way I could ever catch up to this kid. Like you can, but man, like time is running out for but sure. But what do you think that like, if you've been here a year, you've already got a year head start and he's already passed you. That by this time next year, the gap's probably wider. Um, it, it, it could be throwing in the towel or it could be self-awareness. Like, yeah. 
yeah, man, I'm not going to play here, but I can go play somewhere else. And there's no shame in that at all. I'm, I'm really not trying to – and I hope he proves me wrong. I hope he wins a Heisman at Florida State. But uh, I, I would be surprised. There's no way, right, Aslan, that they'll have Rodemaker, Duffy, Croman Hawk, and Glenn on the team next year, in my opinion. Du- I, what they a- would take that. but I Oh, I think they, they would, but I don't see – that's not college football in 2023, I don't right. think. So Duffy sees, you know, the writings, maybe it's not on the wall, but they're getting ready to start writing on the wall that he doesn't, he probably won't end up being a starter here. Bob Garcia. So glad you guys are back. As I am listening, I'm making a very tasty flan. Mm, No chance you're making a tasty flan. I'm not impugning your cooking skills. I'm saying there's no such thing exists. We had some pushback on the tribal council. Some people were going to bat for the uh, the tasty flan. Apparently, they say it's really good when you you pair it with a Cuban sandwich. Oh well, anything's good when you pair it with a Cuban sandwich. That's that's not fair. It's it, I I want my tasty food to stand on its own. It doesn't need a. It doesn't need something. The, flan, that? the flan slander was unnecessary. That's funny. There's there's a flan emoji. Um, in a shout rare poor Arm- take. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, shout out to our guy, Armchair Osceola. A lot of comments over on the Tribal Council. Join everybody. You can get involved. You can also read the Florida message boards after they lose to Tennessee and take great joy in their misery. Uh, that'll be a lot of fun, I would assume. What else we got here now? Uh, how did Brock Glenn look today? We don't know Keith from Spring Hill. We were not out at practice today, but he continues to be out there doing the thing, uh, playing the sport, uh, competing. So he is there. I think he might not have been the video yesterday that I posted, but he he's president and accounted for. Jeff Mayers, Aslan, Corey, on today's Jeff Cameron show, Jeff Cameron stated that Tallahassee does not have a legit pizza tavern joint. Is this true? I've been a Knoll fan for 40-plus years, but I've never been to Tallahassee, so I have no idea. I mean, I, I think if we get pushback for Flan, which we're <laughs> right about, by the way, I hope Jeff gets some pushback there. Um, Let's say, uh, I mean, look, I'm not a huge fan of the places that people like in this city, uh, but right. I, but there are a couple of places that are like go-tos for people. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't sponsor our show. People in the comments can tell you what we're thinking of. I was going to say one of them rhymes with something, but there's not really a good thing to say that it rhymes with. Mm-hmm. Um, but either way, uh, I, I have I have enjoyed some experiences at pizza places, but there is not like a... I don't know, like a famous, famous one, right? There's not one that you would say, hey, you're in town. We got to go here. But it's it's fine. Uh, it's some, better than Pizza Hut. No offense, some, Pizza Hut. Somebody posted it. I, I think it's, it's for me, it's nostalgia, this hmm. joint. Um, like, I don't think the pizza is amazing, but it just it reminds me of being like 19 years old and leaving class and like meeting up with my buddies and having a huge slice of pizza. Like, But yeah, um, it's not like, you know, when I'm on death row, I'm not going to be like, hey, let me let me get a slice of that pie. I miss it so much. You also have to understand, I know I might come off as uh, pretentious sometimes. There's not a bigger snob in the state of Florida than Jeff Cameron. Music. Pizza, beer, music, name it. All the things that you – and I like Jeff. We're very good friends, clearly, but that's why I'm busting his balls a little bit. But it's like the the things that are the most annoying types the, – the most annoying types of snobs – in the world, Jeff encapsulates all of them. Oh, There's nothing worse than a music snob, right? 
There, I let me like what I want to like. I say that I kill Ira every time he tells me he likes Nickelback. But you guys are with me on that. That's objectively terrible. But He's Jeff lying, is like, everybody. don't believe him. Don't let him. Jeff is our- Jeff. Jeff, if it's popular, he doesn't like it. So clear, mostly. So that's why I would say he's a he's a pizza snob. So take that with a grain of salt. Man, we're just we're gonna have to put a moratorium on these comparison questions. But this is, you know, we're we're, we're digging deeper. We're I really, like. Hey, it. man, like, they're number three in the country, and they've earned it. Yeah, Ray started us off, uh, and then Jonathan Cook took us to another level, and now Leo Nola's back. Technically, this is a 2014 question, though. It is, uh, yeah. but an alumnus, a famous person from that. This is this. I like this one though. And I think the answer is easy. Would you take 2014 Jameis Winston or 2023 Jordan Travis? Uh, par- parenthetically, he adds Jameis obviously threw a lot of interceptions and we had a lot of close games. Uh, Leo Knowles' choice is Jordan Travis. I've, I feel it's almost sacrilegious to say it out loud. I'm not going to say it out loud, but I agree with you. Mm. But I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, like I, I don't want to say it, say it, but I agree with you, Leo Knowles. I'm not. Not uh, although I don't know, man. Like Notre Dame, twenty fourteen. I, I mean, mean I he threw a horrible, horrible interception in that game, but then was unbelievable. In the second, he was unbelievable against NC State. They had to, they gave up forty one points in Raleigh and won by two touchdowns. Um, he had some moments clearly, but he also had some really bad games. Florida was bad. Miami, he got he 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 wasn't good, and he got lucked into a touchdown pass on a, a ball that he threw right to a linebacker that deflected to Carlos Williams. But again, man, I'm not I'm not qualifying. I'm not riding the fence here. I'm not couching this. Ask me in a a couple of months, like that's, right that's now, absolutely like- right now, I would take this Jordan Travis right now. But it is a long season, and Jameis, we have the we have the hindsight of 14 games that he played. He had some incredible games, and they won them all, mainly because of him. But then they also were in close games because of him. So I, I get it. There's a give and take there. But let's right now, I would take this Jordan Travis over that Jameis Winston. But that's right now through two games. October, November, December, we'll see. Pensacola Packbuster. Is the Miami game now tougher than the Clemson game? Do you feel we win both currently? Yes, yes. No, and yes. Oh, I I don't think it's tougher. Uh, I wanted. I have to see more out of Miami, man. Like they they beat an A and M team that might be supremely overrated, um, and and quite honestly, maybe not all that well coached. Um, let's see how they do as we go on. It looks like their line of scrimmage is a lot better, though. That's it really the, does, yeah. um, and that is a difference. But let's see what it looks like. Um, I just think winning at Clemson, come on, man. That right now is tougher than Miami six, eight weeks from now. Man, this is this is uh the St. Trevor Lawrence Clemson, man. This is not Deshaun Watson. I get your point. Um Yeah, you're right. I mean, the, they you know, I think it's the, weird. I, I think Miami matches up better with Florida State than Clemson does. Like I think Miami would on a neutral field or in Doak, I think Miami has a I think I think there's a chance Florida State could blow out Clemson at home. You know what I mean? If it got out of hand early and the club kid just started panicking, it could get ugly, but you know, they're playing at Clemson. And I think, I think, so we'll see. There you go. There's the answer everybody tunes in for. We'll see Pensacola Pensacola Packbuster. 
I just I wonder how like loose Dabo's going to coach versus I don't say Mar, but I think like my I not I'm not scared of this, but I I think Miami will probably like go out on their shield. I think they're going to blitz until they just vomit all all over themselves. Like I think they're going to just play as aggressive and balls out as they possibly can to try to beat Florida State. Like I don't know if Clemson's ready to do that. Like you know, yeah. Rocky was talking to Adrian. You know, like you know, to beat him, he's going to have to be willing to die himself. I don't know if he's ready to do that. Mm. Uh, I don't know if Clemson's ready to do that. I think Miami it would be. And the bummer about watching Miami right now, which again, like I still think Florida State wins the game. They'll cover it, whatever the spread is. I, I assume right now. Uh, but like you see, like Nigelic Kelly, uh, that Wesley Basanth kid, Ruben Bain, like these are kids. These are kids that Florida State was heavily involved in, and like finished second to Miami on. And those kids are playing quite well with Miami. And you just think about like, man, if they would have been able to get those kids, uh, you you know, you take away Miami's ability there, obviously, then you make yourself that much better. But you can't you know, obviously get them all. But um, yeah, I mean, I think Florida State beats both teams probably by two scores. So oh, there you go, there you go, Aslan. Um, there was a question here that, uh, somebody co-signed. So we'll go ahead and pop it up here. Scott Castleman. Let's see his avatar. Is he a reverend? Yeah. It looks like he's on a pulpit. Okay. Uh, All right. Shout out Rev. Deacon. Deacon Scott. Fellas love the show. Thanks Scott. Thank you. If the college football playoff format had been around since let's say 1986, that's when I moved to Tallahassee. That's Scott, not me. How many more national titles might Florida State have been able to win? Ooh. So you could make an argument <clears throat> 88, 89, 92, 90. Well, 91. 91, you would have, with a playoff, you wouldn't have been so down after the first miss. I mean, that, that, the whole, the, the most bizarre part of that 91 game or the 91 season, and I've talked about it before, is that you had Miami and Florida back to back to end the season. That is so stupid. It's so stupid. Why would you have done that? Um, so, yes, the Florida State players were heartbroken. I even think they might have had a week off in between. I think it was their bye week was in between the 11th game or the 10th game and the 11th game of the season. I could be wrong there. I could be misremembering. But I think they had a week off in between Miami and Florida, which is just stupid. So, uh, so I think – so, yes – if they had known they still had a chance to be in the playoff after the wide right, I think they beat Florida by two or three touchdowns. That was a heartbroken football team that knew they had, they had blown their chance at a national championship. Oh, so I was right. Did anybody doubt Corey? Did anybody guys, doubt Corey? Guys, and they were still heartbroken. But, yeah, that <laughs> offense at the end of the season in 91 was a problem. Yeah, like you look, they scored one touchdown against Florida. They scored one touchdown against A&M. They lost all their linemen. So they were really they were really banged up. So I that's why I don't say 91. 92, I absolutely think they win. Um yeah, 97, 96. If they wouldn't have had to be matched up with Florida again. But mm. then that's not fair. I I would say probably three more is a safe Ooh. bet. I would have said two, but I won't I won't I won't oh, fight 87, that. 80. I don't know if I said 87. I absolutely 87, 87. I think they were the best team in the country at the end. I also think 89, they were the best team in the country at the end of the season, but they had two losses, including to Brett Favre. Um, so I don't know if they'd even gotten into the playoff. So they were always the best team at the end of the season. That was the problem. They were never, there was that one week in October where they would lose typically to Miami and not get to win the national championship. 
Maybe Baron 98. No, not 98. 97, maybe. Yes, 97, yeah, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, they play Florida again anywhere else besides that dump. Dub. Yeah. Um, I can't confirm this, so I probably shouldn't pull up on the screen, but he's the second person that said, I don't know if he's reclassified, but Armando Blunt, who's a salty, talented uh, defensive line from Miami Central, apparently committed to Miami, and, oh, he might be reclassifying. Well, don't reclassify. Hang tight, big dog. Wait, wait till you see that game in November in Tallahassee before you yeah. make your final decision. Yep, absolutely. Uh, Carol Palalis wonders, how many touchdowns for Coleman Nolman on Saturday? <laughs> no, man. Or at least how many caught passes? You know, it depends on the weather. I'm going to say, I'm going to say five. Again, I, I don't see a lot of games where he's going to have 11 for 200. There's just too many other weapons on the team, too many mouths to feed. Uh, and what, what, what I, I think something that people have brought up, which I think is true, is that you can tell Jordan trusts him so much that he'll throw to him a double coverage. He'll throw to him when he's when the DB is right in phase with him because he expects him to go up and make the catch. I wonder watching film of that first half on Saturday against Southern Miss, there was some talk about, hey, man, you had a guy open right here. I know that's the coverage we want. It's one-on-one. -on -one. But look at Destin. He's wide open. Uh, I, I, I think maybe there, you know, Jordan got a little greedy at times because, but again, maybe he's told if it's one-on-one, -on -one, throw it up. It's not a 50, 50 ball when it's Keon Coleman or Johnny Wilson. So give him a chance. If they're dumb enough to cover them one-on-one, -on -one, give them a chance to go score a touchdown. It just, they didn't make any 50, 50 catches on, on, uh, on Saturday against Southern Miss, but I don't expect Keon to be a guy that's having 10 or 11 catches a game. I think Jordan likes to spread it around. I think Norvell likes to spread it around. The way he calls a game with a lot of screens, running back game, tight end game, Johnny, Deuce, Darian, Destin, Winston, on and on and on. It'll be it'll be hard to have more than. What do you think his season high will be? Do you think do you think LSU the LSU game will be a season high for him as far as catches? Because he had nine in that game, I think. Yeah, probably. I mean, you have to be almost derelict of duty to let him catch nine on you. Probably catch ten. Well, they weren't trying. They, 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 they had guys there, just didn't yeah. matter. But I, look, I could be wrong, and he could catch 11 passes this week. That's the beauty of Corey, is I'll say one thing and then cover my bases so I don't look like a complete idiot when he catches 11 this week. Frankie Castellanos, not sure if there's any relation to Tommy, but uh, we'll give him some music. <laughs> Ten bucks in the jar. Thanks, Frankie. Going to the Clemson game next weekend, where does one find good food in Clemson? And where do people tailgate before the game? Assuming you both have been. Love the show, boys. They have a truck stop right when you get off 85. It's like one of those loves. I think you could get an Arby's. Uh, there might be a Bojangles right off the highway. Uh, the, the problem, Frankie, that's a joke. I think there's supposed to be a famous barbecue place there that I've never been to. Um, but the problem is going to be the tailgating before the game is going to be a little difficult because of the the early kick you're gonna have to get there at like 8 30 in the morning to go tailgate and yes typically clemson has a great tailgate setup mm. whole bunch of people wearing orange usually pretty nice quite honestly i know maybe i have a different i'm sure people have different viewpoints of their interactions with clemson fans but they've always seemed pretty nice and welcoming to me they should certainly be nice moving forward because i think florida state and clemson are tied at the hip they're like your best friend. You want to beat them when you play one-on-one, -on -one, but at the end of the day, they're still your best friend, and you're trying to get out of the neighborhood and go go do something. 
Go to Hollywood. That's what these people are. That's what Florida State and Clemson are trying to do. Make a better life for themselves. So hopefully they're they're not they're not too mean to Florida State fans. A little too quiet on that, by the way. From them, yeah, they don't say nothing. Yeah, should be Clemson crickets, not the Clemson Tigers. Hey, hey, uh, how about Melissa? Melissa uh, says, "I'm just happy we're not having to talk unhappily about the kicking game so far this year. Do we think it will stay that way?" You just jinxed it, Melissa. Melissa. Come on now, we we don't even talk about it anymore because it's a it's automatic. He's we call him Fitz Magic, automatic Fitz Magic for a reason, and uh, you just blew it. You just Fitz you uh, knock on some wood if anybody has some. I was uh, telling uh, I was wondering aloud to uh, Ira and, and Jeff the other day, or Ira and Tom at practice the other day about. Like, have we given up inconsistent kicking for inconsistent, like Johnny Wilson? Like, has that been the trade-off? Like, now we have a a, reli- a more reliable kicker, and now Johnny might be a little bit more unreliable than he was last year. Uh, I'm not ready to more- call him reliable. I I did not like the way um, that kick Less against reliable. LSU went through the posts. That was okay. not a thing of beauty. It was not hit well. Um, he's going to have some road games, and he's going to have some big kicks. Um, in this season, I want him to be hit a little better than that. So it is, he's been fine so far. He's been fine so far, but I, you know, it's still a long, long way to go. Laron Varnado says Clemson fans are super nice compared to other rival fans. There you go, Clemson. Well, I mean, come on. That goes without saying. Who are we competing against here? Talking about Florida and Miami. Uh, uh, Let's see. Mateo says, I think we uh, go on a good run here with Jordan this year, Tate next year, Brock in 25, Cromenhawk in 26. Florida State's going to be quarterback you. Okay. All right. That would it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. Cromenhawk can play. He's coming in hoping to compete for a starting job. We'll see how uh, realistic that is. Uh, but Brock Glenn can play. Um, and we've all seen Rodemaker take these huge strides from what he was a, th- a few years ago. So that's going to be a really interesting. I assume Cromenhawk's coming in January, right, Aslan? Yes. Wouldn't yes. he be an early enrollee? That's going to be a really interesting spring watching that. But you know what? We're not worried about that right now, gang. We're right, we're all eyes focused on Chestnut Hill Saturday at noon. That's right. And this uh, season, it could be a special one. Mm. Florida State taking on Boston College noon. If you want to make it a little bit more interesting, you can go to mybookie.ag. Use the promo code WordChamp for an instant cash deposit bonus. Uh, we'll get you a little bit more, uh, a little more powder to play with over on mybookie.ag. Whether you want to bet on futures, games, or hop into the live casino, I mean, it's crazy to still see the Florida State's plus eleven hundred. Mm. I mean, they're smarter than I am, the people out there. But that looks like a great value. Um, that's that's crazy, eleven to one. Uh, Ohio State, Texas, Michigan, Georgia with better odds. Yeah, uh, those teams got to play some other teams. I think Michigan, Ohio, I, I, I know Michigan's got to play Penn State and Ohio State. I don't know if Ohio State's got to play both. Uh, Georgia might have the easiest road out of all those teams. Uh, to be honest, I think with you. that's why. Obviously, they're Georgia, so they're going to get odds pretty, pretty incredible odds anyway. But the fact that their schedule is what it is makes it more likely that because if they go twelve and zero and lose in the SEC championship game like they did two years ago, they can still go win a national championship. So that's why those odds are like that, where they're, I mean, they're, according to my bookie, they're five times more likely to win the national championship than Florida State. 
Unbelievable. MyBookie.ag. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere. When you sign up, though, use that promo code WARCHANT for an instant cash deposit bonus. Paul Swinburne. Do you think Johnny Wilson is pressing because of all the hype Keon Coleman is getting? Thanks to all the War Chant staff and listeners that were at Corner Pocket last Friday. Great meeting and catching up with everyone. Yeah, Paul, you too, buddy. Absolutely. Um, maybe play pop psychologist. Play pop psychologist, Corey. Do it. I would say this: if he didn't have some of these struggles last year, I would say yes. But he—it's not like this is brand new territory for Johnny. And again, I want to say that these catches, these drops weren't like other Johnny drops. They were, you know, they were the ground knocking the ball out. That's not normally what happens. He normally just comes off his hand. So the fact that he was catching the ball and I thought, I honestly thought the one on third down, I, I kind of thought it was a catch, but either way, the ground knocked it loose, not just he's dropping the ball. So I would hope not. I, I don't think I don't think Johnny is wired like that, um, but could be I guess it could be uh, like I, yeah I got to go make a play because we got superstar McGee over there making plays I got to go make a play and then he puts too much pressure on himself but I I I don't think so but you know anything is possible I guess the Daywalker Marillo what is the status of Akeem Dent. We'll find out together at noon on Saturday, uh, Day Walker. Thanks for being here. Ray Pereira wonders, any more speculation on Daryl Jackson? Well, he's real definitely quick. not playing this year. Yeah, well, real quick, congrats all you folks out there for not threatening the livelihood, or rather the, the health and safety of people at the NCAA office, because apparently North Carolina fans did that. Uh, and I think what the NCAA actually released a statement saying that they were aware that they're you know, administrators have been threatened by North Carolina fans due to uh, the whole Tez Walker situation. And we're kind of saying they didn't appreciate North Carolina coming at them. So who'd have you thought North I want, Carolina no, Aslan, would have done that? You know what I want, Aslan? What's that? Prove it. <laughs> Prove it. And I'm being honest because remember when McIlwain did that? At Florida, I think that's oh. kind of what lost him his job yeah. is they're like, well, yeah, prove that you got these death threats or whatever you're talking about. We need to see it. And he couldn't. And they they, you know, then the, the next chance they got to fire him, they did. You're trying to number one, that's not really that's not really germane to anything like the, the of that. They released that they released their uh, statement about Tez Walker at UNC to explain why they did it, why, why he can't play, which is fine. Do that. But then don't. What what's the point of saying what they said? What's the point of adding? Oh, by the way, don't threaten our administrators with death. What was the point of that? The ruling is the ruling, and they're looking for sympathy when they're the most unsympathetic organization. Well, I shouldn't say the most. They're one of the most unsympathetic organizations in the country. Um, so it's hard to it's hard to sympathize with them. And I also would like to know. I, I honestly would like to know what the, the and I'm not I'm not saying it didn't happen, but I'm dubious of what they really what those threats really were. Was it a was it a bullet in a mailbox? Who was it? Was it a, a letter? Was it a ransom letter? Was it a you know, was it I'm, I'm going to I know where you live. I, I'm going to be in your driveway tonight. I'm just running back through all the things I've sent people over the years. And those were, those were my go-tos was the bullet in the mailbox was a big one. No, but for real, like prove that I want to see, I want to see the proof that administrators from the no-named NCAA and no-named administrators are getting death threats from North Carolina fans. I'm not saying it didn't happen, but if you're going to come and say that 
and paint an entire fan base as raving lunatics? Show me a little bit of proof. That's all. Because North Carolina doesn't even care that much about football. Half those fans think he's a shooting guard. Maybe this is their way of trying to get an invite to the SEC. Like, hey, guys, look at us. Look how serious we take this. We fit right in. We'll send death threats. Any trees we can burn down? Florida State hasn't said anything. We're no, they don't care at all. They don't, people. they don't care about football. We'll burn a tree down. We'll 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 burn down a stadium. Uh, Jason Purdue, uh, heir to the uh, Purdue poultry kingdom, I think. Probably, yeah, yeah. If we get stay healthy in the trenches, will we face a better line on either side of the ball? I would than- say. He's talking about like in practice. Oh, okay. Right. I think that's what the 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 um, sentiment of that question is. I would say no. I don't. I mean, I if they can stay healthy on the offensive line, relatively healthy, because they're already banged up a little, as we saw Saturday. Um, you know, that's an experienced, good group with some pros. Uh, and then, yeah, obviously, the defensive line is a. Uh, it just is a wrecking ball right now. So no, I don't, I don't think so. Is there anybody like Florida doesn't have a great defensive line, right? I know Miami's gotten better. Maybe Miami's offensive line is as good as yours. Cause they've added some guys that can play, but that, that to me is about it. That, that would even be close. Yeah. Miami's got, they're a smidge, a smidge ahead of Florida state on PFF or again, for whatever that's worth and pass blocking, but like, like one point, um, I didn't get to catch the uh, rushing grades, and now I can't find it because I'm all over the place right now. But yeah, I mean Miami apparently they've you know rebuilt from the inside out their offensive line. I mean they they got the kid Javion Cohen I think from Alabama, their center Matt Lee from from UCF. So, uh, but yeah, I don't defensive line. I don't know who would be able to match up with you know Fisk and Lovett and Farmer and and Verse and, and Patrick Payton that one. And don't forget Briggs. Brit, yeah, old DBJ. Yeah, you ain't wrong. You ain't wrong. What else do we got here now? Um, Ortega, come on, Ortega, chill. I hope we don't sleep on Boston College. Keep our feet on the gas. Benson, 140 rushing yards. I see Jaheim Bell with a big game. Seven catches, 120, and three tooties. Okay. I I think that is a – I'm not saying just Boston College in particular. I think there is a chance at some point this season, it might not be the Boston College game, Jaheim is going to have one of those games because those wide receivers – draw so much attention that Jaheim is just such a matchup nightmare. And Norvell is so good at dialing up stuff for tight ends. Um, and Bell is so good that I think you could see, remember Nick O'Leary in the pit game? Like he could have a game like that where he catches two or three touchdowns and, and has like one sixty yarder or an 80 yarder or something. Uh, by the way, Florida state uh, graded out significantly better than Miami. Miami was in the, in the mid fifties on run blocking. Florida state was in the seventies. So iron sharpening the iron. Tony Greco just wants to say the Clemson game. Okay. Maybe that, I guess in terms of who we're going to see and go up against, or maybe he was answering another question from somebody else. Yeah. I mean, I know they still got Tyler Davis, who I think is a, a really good college football player. I know they got good linebackers, but I, man, they don't have, you know, the Lawrence kid and you know Cleland Farrell and like, they just don't have those guys anymore. Breezy. I think he got a sack the other day, that kid. Was it yeah. Breezy or Breeze? I can't remember how to pronounce his name. Breeze. Breeze, maybe, Breeze. but uh, he had he had a sack in a game on Sunday. 
for whoever he plays with. I can't remember who, but I saw him at a saw him at corner pocket getting a sack. Connor Teasley, good question. What's up with Biscuit not starting? Not starting. He only played four plays. Like he didn't even play much. And then he gets in the game and immediately catches a fifty yard touchdown where he just runs by people. Look, man, Mortalock is good. Um and Jaheim Bell is Jaheim Bell. This is um not not it for Marquiston personally, it wasn't a great development that they brought in those two guys. It was great for the offense and great for the program, but not great for Marquiston personally, because I think Marquiston's a very good college football tight end. Uh, Jeff thinks he'll play on Sundays. I don't disagree. I think the weight, he, he has to monitor that. You just don't see a lot of tight ends in the NFL that look quite like that. But um, he is a very talented kid. Um, and it was I thought it was odd that he only played four snaps in that game. I don't know that he played in the first half at all. That's a little odd to me because I thought they'd rotate him in more. But he'll he'll play. He'll be a part of this team for sure, I think. All right, last one. Thanks for being here, everybody. Hit the thumbs up if you haven't done so already. Rob Krause, can we give a little love to Jarian Jones? Guy's come a long way since being the 2020 throw-in part of the Fabian Lovett transfer. Uh, no longer fear when he's in there. You know, it's not just that he's playing well, which is very important, and he has ever since the middle of last year. But, you know, Norvell's been, Norvell weirdly was asked about him a couple of times. Well, I guess it wasn't weirdly. He had the pick six. But he's asked about him after the game, and then I think even a couple of times this week about just how far Jarian has come. Because Jarian in that postgame presser, if you haven't watched it, go watch it. He he gives off leadership vibes, like rally around me vibes, that I don't think was a part of who he was when he got here. Now, clearly nobody wanted to rally. Nobody was rallying in 2020. But I just, I'll always remember, and I think I wrote about it. I definitely wrote about it when uh, Raymond Woody did it. But when they're losing to Miami 59-3 to in 2020, and Miami takes a deep shot, and he makes a really good play. It's one-on-one coverage, 60 yards downfield. He deflects it, and then he gets up and does this. That's not, that's not, and I guess if you're listening on the podcast, he waved his finger like Dikembe Mutombo. And you're down by 50 points, man. That's you don't do that. But that was four years ago. He was 19 or 20 years. He's grown up just like so much of these guys. He's mature and he's turned himself not only into a good player, which he is clearly, but a leader. He's a good he is a uh, he's an important, important part of this defense. So there's your love. I know I had to bring in bring up the Miami game in 2020. But, yeah, Jarian has been a big part of this defense for the last five or six games. I lied. Last one. I think he's asked us twice, so we'll get to it. James Mass, where are you most excited to travel this season now that conference play is about to be underway? What game could be the toughest road game outside of Clemson? Pitt and Pitt. I think Wake. You still going Wake? I think Wake. I think they've looked pretty good. Looks like their offense is going to be still a bit of a problem. Um, and is they that don't... one you're most excited to go to travel to as well, Winston-Salem? Yeah, because I hope – well, I, I might be going to Pitt. Like, if they're number two in the country and undefeated, I'll probably be having to fly to Pitt. No, that's not true. I'll drive. Ah. I'll drive. I did it – hey, I did it in September of 13, and they won a national championship. Anytime Corey Clark drives to Pitt for a football game, Florida State wins a national championship. So just keep that in mind. And um, buys overpriced denim. I do, yeah. $100 jeans that I can't find anymore. Kind of bedazzled, too, down the side. Um I, I would say I still think Wake, though, man. I think Wake, uh, just because, I mean, Pitt didn't look very good at all against Cincinnati. I know Cincinnati's a real program, but Pitt wasn't, Pitt wasn't all that, all that good. Um, so right now, as you're asking us here in the middle of September, I think Wake will be the toughest one. 
I also hope they beat Wake by 70 points. Hmm. All right, that is a wrap for us. Thanks for being here, everybody, and hanging out. We really appreciate it. It's always fun to do these live shows. Also becomes your next day's podcast. Uh, thanks to everybody for the thumbs up, asking the questions. A shout out to uh, Leo Noel. I think it was Leo Noel, right? Like Leo Noel got us started off. Mm. Uh, Ray Pereira, obviously. Ray in the house. Ray's the man. Big dog. Uh, Cleve dog. Tony Cleveland. Jonathan Cook. D Hobbs. Big impact. Yeah. Big impact. Jarian Jones esque, some might say. Uh, and Frankie Castellanos or Castellanos. Uh, we appreciate all of that. Again, hit the thumbs up on the way out. We're done for the week. Jeff Cameron show, though, still going strong. One to three o'clock. And I think there'll be a pregame show, 11 a.m. Mm. Getting you ready for the Boston College game. Postgame show with Tom and Gene. And then there'll be a war chant rap via Zoom. I will be in Boston. Corey will be wherever Corey's at. They'll talk about it. We'll put it together. It'll be up there waiting for you. So uh, get involved and go watch the Jarian Jones interview and the war chant report and everything else that's on our YouTube channel. Subscribe to it. Uh, thanks again back there as well to our guy, Josiah. Thanks for watching. He's Corey. I'm Aslan. Thank you for watching and listening to Wake Up War Chant, presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill and our great friends over at Vitamin Energy.